Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome back to High and Dry. Uh, Today, we are talking about something that is, we get a lot of questions about, and Mm. that's loneliness. Loneliness, baby. Loneliness. Big monster. Loneliness in everything, because it's like it. Loneliness in It started before. Yeah, just being lonely, because, you know, a lot of why people drink is because they're lonely Mm -hmm. and then they're lonely in their active addiction and then they're lonely after sobriety can feel lonely too so we just want to talk about it yeah have an open conversation about being lonely but together together and (laughs) we hope that you feel less lonely and if you're scared to get sober because you're afraid of the loneliness we totally Mm -hmm. understand i definitely relate um and so yeah so preparing for this episode we there's so many i mean there's so many different veins that we could go down yeah. with this yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, there's loneliness is connected to substance abuse yeah. very deeply. Um, I even have a sober friend that his philosophy about addiction is um, the opposite of addiction is in sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's all those rehabisms that uh-huh. are kind of yeah, like yeah. the quotes. AA speak. AA speak yeah. and, and that stuff. Um, so loneliness is deeply ingrained in addiction. And to start with, um, to start our research for this episode, we I just was looking up podcasts about loneliness and I came across Brene Brown's. We love Brene. Love her. Um, and so Jamie and I both listened to it. And, and, and Brene is sober too, right? Brene is a sober she's queen. She's a sober queen. Lo- like, if you don't know her, check her out. Yeah. Do you she's think people just, don't know her? Some people don't know her. Oh my gosh. People you guys, don't know her. if you don't know about Brene Brown, your life is about yeah, to yeah. change. She's, she's out here. She's absolutely incredible. Um, so she had Dr. Vivek um, and Dr. Vivek Murthy. I sound like I have a lisp. It is Murthy mm-hmm. though. Uh, Dr. Vivek is the general surgeon for America. So he is like America's mm-hmm. top doc. Um, Can you imagine being the surgeon general? Ugh, he, like he the ti- that title. Sur- you're surgeon the surgeon general? general. Like, what does that even mean? You're the top You're dog. just the ultimate. The ultimate. Yeah. yeah. So he <laughs> went on Renee Brown's podcast and I was kind of like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not up on the... I think after COVID, I'm... S- doctored out on okay. the on the uh-huh. american tv doctors mm-hmm. fauci kind of tired me out mm-hmm. on that you know so i didn't even know who he was but mm-hmm. i learned who he was on Brene's podcast and what's really interesting is he has brought loneliness onto the forefront of america's healthcare. Mm-hmm. um and he talks about that a lot he pulls a lot from his book right what is it together yes this is the book that he wrote about it so yeah, they go back and forth about loneliness and connection and loneliness in particular, how it pertains to our physical health, mm-hmm. mental, all of it, but like how it really can affect you physically. Yeah. So like he cites in a famous study uh, conducted by Julianne Holt Lundstedt at Brigham Young University, mm-hmm. showing that the mortality impact of loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It was in fact greater than the mortality impact of obesity or sedentary living, he noted. The issues we focus on so often in public health and rightly so, such as tobacco use, obesity, um, and exercise are so important for our health. Her findings suggest that we need to think of loneliness as a public issue too. Mm-hmm. Psychology Today states that loneliness is a risk factor for depression, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, weaker immune systems, poor sleep patterns, and increased stress. This does not include feelings of low self-esteem, 
being antisocial, poor cardiovascular function, anxiety, poor brain function, increased cigarette smoking, increased metabolism or drug use, poor memory, suicidal thoughts, acts of suicide or suicidal attempts, and an increased mortality rate. Research found that people with strong social relationships are less likely to die prematurely compared to people with weak social relationships. So it plays a significant danger to our health, which is so interesting that like, I mean, it makes sense, right? But it's so mm -hmm. interesting that if you have better relationships, you are more likely to live longer. Mm -hmm. And that's so sad. That's so sad for the lonely. And then they die alone. Yeah. And that's, he talked about he talked that about in the that. podcast uh, yeah. about being people, a surgeon and how often these people have no one at their death. And, yeah. No one at their deathbed. And like how he said that really affected him. Because yeah. obviously as doctors, there's points in your career where you are emotionally, you know, upset over that. Yeah. And oh, one of my favorite things he talked about on the podcast was the shame of being lonely. And he talked uh -huh. about how the stigma and shame of loneliness yeah. is extremely powerful and totally. how it reinforces the idea that we are unlovable. Yeah. And then because of as a result of this stigma and shame around it, people don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I know from my own experience, like, and I wasn't talking about it, mm -hmm. but I was sitting in thinking that I'm unlovable or I'm not worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And and then it just turned into a bad like, I felt that way too. And that abuse. feeling of loneliness that I wasn't worthy of love or even like really genuine friendships, I was mm -hmm. running from in my alcohol abuse, mm -hmm. like pretty hard. Mm -hmm. So we are different. Yeah. You suffered from extreme loneliness when you were in active addiction. And when you got sober, you I'm didn't four. feel lonely. So I, I felt like extreme loneliness. I felt it as a kid in my adolescence and being a teenager, then started drinking to kind of run away from that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then was feeling so alone. But then in my sobriety, my actual never felt alone, mm -hmm. felt way more connected. So you're but just like a wild anomaly. That it's, way. I know that's not common, Yeah, but it's, you can still, it's very normal. Yeah. So don't feel put off. Or if you are feeling lonely in your sobriety, don't let that deter you from keep going because it gets better, but you. Yeah. So normal. I wrote out a little story about my own loneliness for all of go you. off i'm ready to go off um so if you're thinking about quitting drinking and you feel lonely it's a real fear i did feel lonely when i quit drinking but i promise i felt more lonely when i was drinking murthy talk dr murthy my homie now talks mm -hmm. about how loneliness is caused by many things and there's different types of loneliness but one loneliness is a lack of authentic self so then you can't mm -hmm. have real connections I played a role when I was abusing alcohol and I would use alcohol to help me run from myself. When I was drinking, I was one of the loneliest people I knew, but I didn't look like it. I was popular in the Toronto bar scene. Everybody knew me and I was a fun party girl. I partied all night and drank and looked like the opposite of a lonely person. And definitely by my Instagram stories, people mm -hmm. used to tell me, Sky, you look like you have the most fun, mm -hmm. perfect life. And I would be it's like, never real. <laughs> yeah. Um, the nights when I would go home after the party was over, the birds chirping sometimes, a lonely walk home. I had spent the entire night avoiding myself, running from myself, my true self. Now at 3 or 4 a.m., it all slowed down. The purgatory of not being drunk anymore, but not hungover yet, knowing the feelings that were coming. 
This was often the feeling I got after a shift on King Street. I always drank on shift. So I was always at laissez-faire, whether I was going out or Mm -hmm. working. I I was always out and I was mostly always drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody knew me. And when I got home to my apartment at 4 a.m., the pit of my stomach started. The knowledge that I was alone. I would take off the mask of the fun party girl sky and look in the mirror and see someone I hated. I knew it was all fake. It was a persona, a woman who men loved, a woman who was funny and fun and didn't give a fuck, but she gave a lot of fucks. So much so that she curated her entire personality so you would like her. Her makeup is so you like her and thinks she's pretty. She does a shot with you so you like her. When she touches your arm or gives you a big hug, she probably can't even remember your name. She's just doing it so you like her. When I quit drinking, I felt lonely. Lonely nights spent reading and having baths, lonely mornings, knowing I had to miss out on social events and early sobriety because I was not ready to be around people who were drinking. The agonizing fear I felt at the thought of having sober sex. But also... What a fucking relief. What a relief to just be me, Sky. If someone isn't okay with just Sky at a party, they can go fuck themselves. If someone sleeps with me and I like them, I'm going to tell them and not flirt with their friend to try to make them jealous or play a stupid drunk game. I hang out with my friends now who want to hang out with me, the true me, sober, who love me and care about me and connect with me sober. Seeing the softer, vulnerable uh, side of a rough and tumble man because I'm comfortable being vulnerable with myself is a huge benefit of being sober and also makes me feel a lot less lonely than playing stupid games with guys. Crying at the beauty of a sunset or laughing at a joke or pushing myself at the gym. I like hanging out with myself now. I like the girl I was running from. She is way cooler than the person I was using alcohol to pretend to be. Now I may connect less often, but I connect deeper. I don't laugh with girls in the bathroom who would sleep with my boyfriend or husband if it meant something was in it for them anymore. I am not around that dark, seductive energy that eases my inner soul's turmoil but makes it worse at the same time. I ease that inner turmoil myself. I can rely on myself and I have myself. My inner child baby sky has me and that is worth any temporary loneliness and early sobriety. Oh, thank you so much. Love Are you going to cry right oh, now? You. Are you so tearing up? That's so sweet. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy how you were just lonely when you're drinking. You're lonely after, but it's like this kind of loneliness is better to sit in, having yourself to to really lean on. Yeah. And like, how do you feel now? It's been some time. The biggest difference is now the self-esteem part and I mean, we're going to talk about how self-esteem plays into loneliness, yeah. but the self-esteem part, my self-esteem just got so much higher because, okay, if I said we were going to go paddleboarding at 10 a.m. and mm-hmm. you were going to pick me up and you just never showed up that day, I wouldn't trust you as much anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason with ourselves, we'll say we're going to go paddleboarding or we're, we'll say we're going to quit drinking or we'll say that we're going to start eating healthier. Or we'll say mm-hmm. we're going to stop texting the guy that's bad for us, whatever is the toxic thing. And we don't. So our relationship with ourselves, we let, we let ourselves down. Mm-hmm. If a friend did that to us, we'd be like, that's not such a good friend. Yeah. But for some reason, it's okay to do to ourselves. And that's where self-esteem plays in. I learned that I'm someone, when I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it because I can rely on myself. For sure. So now when I look in the mirror, 
I see someone that I can rely on that I like, that I'm proud of, not perfect, far from perfect, but I almost have more self-awareness about my imperfections, about behavior Mm -hmm. I don't like now versus then I was just in such a deep denial. I was running from everything Mm -hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. so now the self-esteem thing I think is like the biggest impact and that really helped the loneliness even though mm-hmm. they're weirdly connected well so it's like it pulled you out of feeling alone because you have yourself you know yeah for me I was a lonely it's weird I wasn't like I was surrounded by my siblings and family and like mm-hmm. had a great childhood in so many ways my cousins like but I always felt kind of alone in the world I always felt this pit in my stomach like a bit of a depression that I wasn't able to place as a child but I always felt kind of lonely and sad about a lot of things and then when I was a teenager and like angsty teen I would be with people but I would isolate myself too and then when people started to drink I was so scared to do that to like not have the control but then when I was around people who were drinking teenager like as a teenager I felt alone because I wasn't doing what everybody else was doing so I started to drink when I finally started Mm -hmm. drinking and then I would feel less alone and I would feel this connectedness and this camaraderie between all of us and I would feel like I'm part of it Mm -hmm. right and then but I was like born an addict I think like I'm just an addict or be maybe things that happened earlier on so then I would drink with having these issues these um, self-esteem issues, depression, anxiety, and I would then end up feeling more alone. And I would drink myself into oblivion and I'd have these terrible hangovers. And in those moments of these deep hangovers, I would have such shame and ridicule on myself and feel so unlovable because these there were already, already these themes in my life, feeling not worthy, feeling Uh, like always fear of abandonment and with that came feeling like I wasn't worthy of love or like I was never going to find it so the drinking just fueled my anxieties and depressions so in the moment I was like of actually using I was feeling great I was feeling with everybody fun and all charming and but then when I was hungover and the moments Mm -hmm. after the days following I would feel so alone Mm -hmm. and especially because my drinking was bad and I would try to hide it a lot I felt so lonely and like nobody knows Mm. nobody sees like the truth like people except for maybe my friends and or my close friends and obviously my family but even that I was like they don't understand I thought I actually felt that way too yeah yeah and like I knew they knew I had a problem and like obviously they were there for me and they're my family and would do anything for me but I was like they don't understand they don't get me they don't see me I felt so lonely like so lonely when I was using and I would was constantly trying to seek validation from men and it became a whole other like monster of its own but would get this brief fix and then would feel so alone and was never finding like genuinely good connections for me or good people for me even when I got into a relationship like I still just didn't feel Mm. like I was being seen yes And that was really hard to grapple with because then I was like, okay, well, here I am with somebody or I have somebody that loves me and I still feel so alone or like they don't understand me. They don't get me. And then it would just make me want to drink more and escape, escape. It was always from my drinking was so bad that it was always a form of escapism Mm -hmm. because of that loneliness and being like these issues of my self-esteem. And so there were there was loneliness before that I should have dealt with 
didn't have the, the coping mechanisms yeah, and the tools, resources, or, resources yeah. or was just young and whatever. Yeah. And then when I was drinking, it just made it worse and then was making myself even more lonely yeah. and like hated myself. So then I'm like so lonely because I'm like, even I can't, I can't stomach being with myself. That's how, yes, that's like exactly. at all. And I, it's odd because now I am always with myself as a sober yeah. person. You're always just vibing yeah. with yourself. And that's yourself. the fear. So many people's fears in getting sober is the idea and having to, of having to sit with yourself and yes. your thoughts is so scary that they don't do it. Yeah. But then they're just unhappy forever forever so and it's really not that bad it's not that bad and like that's why with my <laughs> issue and i or not my issue with when i got sober i don't know if as many people can relate like i know some for sure but like when i actually got sober like quit alcohol i never experienced loneliness so i know it's it's so common like i can't relate to the idea that getting like sobriety is is it feels lonely and I know it does and I know that it's like I know you were lonely and I know other people do feel isolated and there's all the research and proof to show it makes I mean obviously mm -hmm. like you lose friends party friends you're, you're grieving the person you once were but mm -hmm. for me it was liberation it was freedom my sobriety was like I finally came back to myself mm -hmm. and I was not I was so connected and there were things that I did st still to work towards that but yeah it, my sobriety and I, I i want that to be inspiration for some people to get sober because it doesn't have to mean loneliness and if it does that's okay that's not forever like lean into it but it also might be like total freedom like it was for me but i know that's not the normal right yeah i was very very and, totally and like that makes sense very lonely There's, and i i found for me it was just more like I didn't, I was in this purgatory, like in between. I, I, I hadn't made my sober friends yet. I hadn't started my mm -hmm. sober life yet. And my whole life and social life revolved around alcohol for so long. Yeah. I had no idea who I was without being a hot party girl. And my self-esteem was so low. I didn't think I was worthy of a life beyond that, um, that it was just like starting at like sobriety for me felt like rock bottom more than my drinking problem. Well, you probably still felt shame around that. The fact that I you're just sober felt and like I had nothing going for me. Mm -hmm. Like, and I didn't really, and, and I did inside, but I, I just had no self-esteem where like, I thought, well, I'm not a good actor. I'm not a very good person. I'm this and that. Like I let men speak to me a certain way or tell me a narrative about mm -hmm. myself that wasn't true for a long time. I, I, so when I quit drinking, I really had like nothing because the persona that I created when I was drinking didn't exist anymore. Well, you were grieving the loss of that, but it's also funny that even still, I guess you remember it as feeling like you had nothing yeah. because there was still the shame and stigma around being sober. That meant like, you're not with other people. You, you felt like you were alone because you weren't like the rest of That's the world. Yes. And like, so you were feeling still shame. I'm sure you mm -hmm. felt a bit of shamed of it or like the idea that you're a sober person now. Like you probably had some feelings around that that made you feel more alone. But it's like, those were good things. That's a good thing to be. But at the time it was harder to accept. Yeah, and it's like anything when you're, like any leaders or anyone striving for greatness always feel alone. Yeah. And, yeah. and the more I strive to be my best self or the, the, the more I work hard and, and try to do things that other people 
aren't disciplined enough to do the more i work on my self-discipline the more lonely it is Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. and that's the more alone you are you don't need to feel lonely necessarily but but it's a reality of becoming your best self Mm -hmm. is you're if you want to be exceptional then you're exceptional and you don't fit in with everybody else Mm -hmm. like like at work i work at a really popular bar and and almost every shift my sobriety is brought up and people other me for it almost every shift Mm -hmm. you know that's so annoying it's interesting what they had to say about loneliness just in general what it has to do with your Mm -hmm. health um loneliness what it has to do with our sobriety now we're going to talk about loneliness addiction alcohol abuse all of the things it's a huge theme so um, yeah it's like it's so normal that you would feel loneliness and some sadness in the wakes of your sobriety and giving up drinking you're no longer masking the issues that you once had you were using alcohol to numb it but it was like a Mm band-aid right it was just a quick fix so when you actually face your inner demons you can feel really lonely and there's a number of reasons why so with alcohol or substances you were likely self-medicating to fix your loneliness so initially it can increase anxiety and depression as you are having to actually feel your emotions but don't let this deter you from sobriety lean into it healing is the only way through it and you will come out on the other end happier and less lonely than ever and it's also important to realize that there's a difference between feeling lonely and being alone right because you can feel you can be in a room full of people or be with your loved ones and feel so alone. And there's times when you can, I'm out on my paddleboard by myself and I feel so connected. Mm -hmm. So there is a Mm -hmm. distinction between the two, Mm -hmm. but loneliness is what we're going to be getting into here. Dealing with this is necessary for people to recover, get Mm -hmm. through their problems, embrace the loneliness. Loneliness can even be part of emotional relapse too. Oh yeah, for Um, sure. And loneliness is one of the big reasons for relapse. Um, And I've had so many friends express that they relapse because they don't want to feel left out. Well, Um, loneliness or emotional relapse is the first stage of relapse, right? And loneliness is a huge element of it. Yeah. So it's very important too, if you feel yourself lonely or you're in early sobriety, is to be able to see it, mm-hmm. like nip that issue in the butt or cope with it so that you don't relapse. One thing about the loneliness um, that I just want to touch on before we move on is Murthy talked about how the loneliest person doesn't have to look like um, the kid sitting in the corner that's not included at lunch. They often look like they fit in yeah. greatly. Um, And that was my case. I definitely looked a lot less lonely when I was partying in Mm -hmm. Toronto. I probably looked like one of the least lonely people in the world. And um, But it can manifest in other ways. It can be social withdrawal. It can be anger. It could be irritability that can show up as loneliness, but it might not seem like it. And because I was playing a character... That way I could stay safe and not actually connect with anyone, therefore never be vulnerable, never get hurt mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think that was kind of like my inner mantra. I avoided connecting with people authentically. So I was extremely lonely because I was playing this mm-hmm. character so no one could see the scared little lady that I yeah. was inside. And, uh, you know, that was that was just a huge part of the loneliness. So, And he talks about how it's a root contributor to substance use yeah. and addiction. Yeah, And I know for me it was. Yeah. I was definitely lonely, wanted to feel 
part of everyone else. Yeah. Wanted to get away from my feelings of loneliness. Yeah. So I would use and abuse. So let's talk about one of Jamie's heroes right now. Uh, Victor Frankl. Victor Frankl. Yeah. Frankl. So he wrote Man's Victor Search Frankl. for Meeting. Yes. It's Victor a Frankl. great book. Yeah. So he wrote, if you're not familiar with him, he wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Jew who was taken into the concentration camps. He was a psychiatrist and... Because of his position as a psychiatrist, he was given a job in the camps. So, you know, was put to use. So wasn't immediately killed. And obviously he went through like severe trauma, saw horrific things. He managed to survive and he writes Man's Search for Meaning in a very matter of fact way. Mm -hmm. A lot of emotion moved from it, but he goes into, you know, finding meaning in this. And he came up with logotherapy, which is finding meaning in everything and everything in life there you can go through something horrific and tragic but if you find meaning out of it then that is success it's similar to i remember him talking about like having patients out thereafter who you know were paraplegic got into an accident and they could like obviously that could destroy them mentally spiritually obviously physically but his whole thing was to find meaning mm. and purpose through that, which we can always do, you know, like you could let it destroy you and that would, that would be a shame obviously, or you can do something about it. Like mm. in our case, addiction and substance use, we could have let it be the end of us. Mm -hmm. And even in our sobriety, like we have found purpose, us helping people, us having this, doing this for ourselves, this mm -hmm. creative outlet, and hopefully helping other people. We are finding meaning in that and purpose. I actually and read that purpose is the opposite of loneliness in one okay. of those AA-isms yes. on the, yes. one of the websites yes. I was on. <laughs> and I feel less alone. Yeah. You feel, it's like dealing with loneliness through finding purpose in these mm -hmm. things, you know? For people who are feeling lonely in their sobriety, just know that you're not alone and know that there's other people you can help and let that be your purpose or driving force going forward. Mm -hmm. Or that's just one example of how to find purpose in... And I think it's so, I mean, this is Buddhist, this is so many things, but life is suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like I'm not a psychologist, I'm not an expert, I'm not a life coach, I'm not anything. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I do know that has helped me so much, and this has just personally helped me, is that the faster I accepted that life is hard and decided yeah. to toughen myself up, and to do the hard things, even though they suck sometimes, because I need to show up and I need to work hard and I need to be who I need to be for myself. The faster that I accepted that that's hard and not fun um, and just did it, the way I'm so much happier yeah. than being surprised all the time that life yeah. is hard. Being like, that oh, my happens. God, this is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I better have a drink rather yeah. than being like, yeah, it's hard right now. I do want to drink. But instead, I'm going to cold plunge. Instead, I'm going to try to inspire people. I'm going to try to help people. I'm going to mm -hmm. do my passions. I'm going to cold dip in the ocean. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all the hard things that like just accepting that totally. that's life Except and that that's huge. reality help me so much yeah. i'm well, no longer surprised that life is hard for sure because it's like you can be surprised all my 20s i was surprised you can be surprised or you can not expect it yeah. or be upset when it happens but it's like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen struggles life gonna is show hard up. yeah 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 like life is struggle everything struggles every species yeah struggles and loneliness is part of that loneliness is part of that for sure so it's just how you work through it because if you don't it's going to it's going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's happening. So deal with it. Otherwise you'll be like left in the dust. Yeah. Don't be one of those people. 
do what yeah. you can while you can it is hard you have it's hard and it's how you respond it's, to it, it might be it might be the hardest thing that you've ever done but yeah. once you do it you'll be like oh my god thank god thank the fucking heavens yeah thank me for my strength yeah so victor frankel a philosopher on logotherapy and finding purpose that's something like there's so many readings and different and different psychologists or philosophers mm-hmm. that you can look to for me and part of why in my early sobriety especially I didn't feel lonely even when I didn't feel seen as much by my friends or people around me who weren't going through the same thing or at least I hadn't known yet mm-hmm. I, and I've talked about this in episodes previous but took such a dive into spirituality and it was always something I cared about but I felt less connected when I was using and just didn't I felt like I didn't actually have access to those parts of me mm-hmm. and like my higher self but Ram Dass, who I think I've talked about, he's one of my favorite people, um, Richard Alpert, but he was a Harvard uh, psychology professor in the, the 60s and 70s. And, you know, he was largely involved in psychedelics and the research there, but he then just went on to become a huge spiritual, spiritual guru and yoga guru. And he brought a lot of Eastern philosophies to Western society. And he... Oh, I just love him. Like his lectures, I would listen to his book being Ram Dass, um, taught me so much just about myself, p- other people, the universe, like my connection with that. I never f- feel alone, like truly. And now, and I apply it and I adopt it to like my daily life. But like, what does he say? That's like so amazing. Well, he's just like he talks about like the just the interconnectedness of everything. Like if you're into like spirituality and things like that, and some people might think it's like hippy dippy or woo woo, but I mean everything is connected. We're kids, girls. We're uh, yeah, We're totally. Kids, girls, Little hippies. So we love. But when I'm out on the ocean and I'm just like looking around and I'm like, thank you seals i see a seal i'm like so happy i feel one with them i feel one with the trees when i'm like and it sounds so but like i it it gives me gratitude it it, i never feel alone when i'm out in nature i feel connected to the people in my life even if i'm not with them like diving into spirituality has brought me so much closer to my people my Mm -hmm. community because i just have access to a part of me that i didn't before Mm -hmm. is how i explain it i would totally agree and i'm less woo woo than you yeah and i totally agree mm-hmm. i feel so much more connected spiritually yeah. and to con- and connected to the people around me that i love mm-hmm. and connected to the earth and connected yes yeah, right like I, even our in our sobriety and like the glitchy things that have yes. happened or like literally like i mean the way that i can, can see my purpose uh-huh. in the way that i can see my purpose in life the way that i can see things working out for me mm-hmm. the way that i can see when I put my energy and hard work into something, how it pays off is just like next mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things that wouldn't be happening if we were using. So, so we're going to talk about coping mechanisms and help and stuff. One mm-hmm. thing I find really frustrating that I would love to try to help with is so many alcohol resources. They just tell people to meditate but it's mm-hmm. like if you're in yes. active addiction, it's really hard to just start a meditation practice. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. love, I and love meditation. Sober, I love meditation. Sober. Of course. But like, it's just like so many of these AA websites give like tips and it's like, call a friend, meditate. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, it's like it's just, easy. it's not that easy. Even if sober, it was that easy. It's such a- yeah it's such a discipline yeah it's like i just want to say that because i yeah. just feel like it's like so many of these resources. and they're so obvious but yeah 
And it's like meditation does really help. Yes. But yes. it's like, it's a hard. Yeah. It's a hard, even sober. Like it is a huge discipline. It's yeah. not just like you just get into sit it. Sit with yourself and, and all your thoughts. It's oh, like, that's what you're fearing and running from your entire life. Okay, let's yeah. do it then. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's hard. Mm -hmm. So these are some coping mechanisms. Um, my big coping mechanism, I think the only one that I'll really like, these are all be patient with yourself, have empathy for yourself. But the one that hit me the most that I want to talk about is grieving the loss of your best friend, which is alcohol in loneliness and early sobriety. Well, it was a toxic friendship. Yeah, but you still, they mm -hmm. were there for you when mm -hmm. no one else was a lot of the time and, and you have a connection and, and alcohol makes you feel so many things. And it, it was my best friend for mm -hmm. years and it, it accompanied me on everything, vacations, like for 10 years of my life, almost every big milestone had alcohol yeah, attached to it. But they were it. a bad friend. Champagne who, at graduation. You needed them always or they were the of ones course, saving you. But it's still yeah, okay to grieve that relationship. Sure. And I think that that's, I had to do that. And now letting go of people who were not mm -hmm. the best for me had been a lot easier after that, weirdly, mm -hmm. because I had lost my ultimate best friend, which was alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought part of me, part of my identity, part of everything. Like I said, yeah. I started from ground yeah. zero well, when yeah, I got to sober a person that you were yeah you might not be the like you won't you won't be the same no. we're not the same people no and obviously now we look at it we're like i'm so happy to not be that but person anymore years but at the time by. yeah at the time of beginning of sobriety and especially you don't know who you're going to be yeah it's a lot to digest yeah that like i might especially after giving up drinking so many people are like who am I going to be in this world? Yeah. How am I going to show up yeah. for other people? And you have no idea who no that idea. is. It's so scary. You feel so alone. Mm -hmm. So just enjoy babying yourself in early sobriety and grieve that loss. Mm -hmm. And you can give it the whole weight. Um, you can write a letter to your best friend, alcohol. You can, um, you know, Goodbye write letter. a song for it. Farewell. Uh, farewell. Smell you later. But it is hard. And it was extremely mm -hmm. hard for me. I kept going back a couple times. It was like back and forth. Yeah. And um, you, the longer you are away from it, the more you realize it's like an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Like they weren't even that funny. And maybe the sex wasn't that good. You know, it's, it's one of those. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, grieve that relationship. And that's my big tip for how to avoid yeah. the loneliness is giving it the weight, feel the loneliness, feel mm -hmm. the sadness. So you didn't experience this because your drinking wasn't so destructive on your life. But mm -hmm. like for me, and I know other people, for sure, other addicts would relate to the fact that you might have completely destroyed or damaged relationships mm -hmm. with people who were good in your life, family, close friends. I was absolutely ruining my relationship with my family. Mm -hmm. Like we're so close, like nothing's de destroyed, but what I did, what I put my sister through, like the, it's just horrible, horrible what they had to go through with me being so self-destructive, but it was, it was totally affecting them. Mm -hmm. Obviously they were all still there. There were times though where like, and that's what got me sober was like my sister and she'd said it many times before, but this was where I was like, I can't do this to her again. Like she was being like, I will never speak to you again. Like if you drink again, you will be out of my life forever. You will not be at my wedding. Like I will not know from you. And I'd heard this before and I knew it wasn't an empty promise because we were so close. Like she's my sister, like my best friend, like my everything. But like I couldn't, I couldn't lose that. So I had to get sober and like it, I still had to like prove it for some time. And like show up that like uh, this is for real this time, but I had to repair those relationships, 
And I, my parents gave me less tough love, but my sister is what got me sober. And it took some time to like fix that a bit and like to, to gain that trust back. And so I just want to say like, I feel for you if there are relationships that you've damaged and it will take time. There might be people who don't come back into your life and you will have to grieve the loss of that. And that's hard. Like that's that you will feel so lonely in those moments and you'll come out from it if you keep going and like strive for your sobriety maybe the people will come back one day and maybe they won't but you'll find new people that will love you and accept you and that might be like a a hole in your heart that sits forever so I want to just like touch on the reality of that yeah so do it for the people that you did damage a relationship with you know it gets better, it gets easier. The loneliness and early sobriety is temporary. So do everything you can. Like I know it's so hard, but like find new hobbies when you're lonely. Find a new community, right? Like books really helped me when I in my early sobriety. I was constantly reading self-help books, spirituality books. If it's fiction, if it's just something to still just escape, mm-hmm. if it's a healthy form of escapism. I was looking up escapism. all the celebrities on YouTube, yeah. interviews of them talking Absolutely. about sobriety, being like, okay, like, Brad Pitt's cool and hot and he's getting sober so I could do it too. Yeah. Like there's so many things you could be doing. We've talked about it in other episodes where we talk about summer sober tips, whatever. There's so many things you can be doing to, if you want to still like go into some form of escapism. If it's a healthy outlet, then go for it. You know, like also social media, like we're saying, find like watching videos, all these things mm-hmm. can be good mm-hmm. and beneficial tools but also manage your social media time because you can also then go on and be on instagram too much or tiktok and be comparing yourself to other people or how other people are going about Mm -hmm. their ways like and that might make you feel a little more lonely Mm -hmm. so like just stay on top of that Um, try not to compare yourself to others or other people's recovery journeys Mm. you know use it as a tool and try to get help from it and inspiration but don't compare yourself too much and just try not to judge yourself like it's it's a road to recovery it's a process it's not just like an event that happens right so do what you can go to meetings regularly find a community get care for something if it's a pet if it's a plant like honestly it makes you feel a less less alone if you're caring mm-hmm. for something and obviously do that within means mm-hmm. of your life and really if- hang out with people who support your sobriety like my sister-in-law mm-hmm. like she was so sweet in early sobriety like they didn't make a big deal of it they just like she made sure there was cute mocktails at her house when she had thanksgiving and like it's just so considerate but also i felt safe around my brother my Mm -hmm. sister-in-law now i still do and we're closer for it but i just felt i knew i could go to their house and they wouldn't give a fuck that i wasn't drinking they didn't make a big they weren't like oh you're not having another one they weren't the drunk gremlins that some people are and and that really helped. And so get closer with the people who are cool Who's with you supportive. getting a non-alcoholic. Yeah. Get surround. You know those people who will help you. Yeah. Go magnetize totally. towards them. And the ones that you worry about, like the party friends or the people, like they, who you worry about it being a loss, it will not be. You will look no. back and be like, thank God they're out of my Some life. Some of those people too, I've helped get sober yeah, now. Absolutely. Some of the people who told me who I was a supportive. judgmental see you next tuesday when i first started and they were not cool with my sobriety they have been like hey sky can i call you Mm -hmm. i realize i have a drinking problem i need your help so those relationships that you might have to cut off now you will help them later maybe you'll eventually rebuild that relationship 
it'll it'll come back in a different form yes. and it'll be healthier then and for sure having helped those friends like which is so nice and trying not to have too much judgment on them and like no. they're probably feeling lonely in their own ways and their own issues but look after yourself first mm-hmm. do what you need to do like but embrace your loneliness because it's not always a bad thing like and you know Christopher McCandless, who, like, I think, you know, Christopher McCandless, who, like, Into the Wild, like, the real guy, I mean, which is, like, such a crazy thing that he did that, Um, and obviously had his issues, but, like, (laughs) his final, on his deathbed, like, when he ate the poisonous berries out in, like, Alaska and was dying, in his journal, his last thing he wrote was, happiness is only real when shared, and I've always remembered that because it's, I feel it's so true, and sense of community in our people Mm -hmm. and how we, how we show up for others is so important, Mm -hmm. so like work on yourself do your healing but then you can share that happiness with other people it it will be palpable you'll be able to help other people you will show Mm -hmm. up better for the people in your life and you'll be able to share that and without without the kind of lows loneliness sadness depression like Mm -hmm. you know the struggle ebb and flow of life you wouldn't feel the the good times they wouldn't feel like anything everything would just be feeling like a like i'm always like talking about how i like love to like like i'm like I don't know if I'm like a man this way, but I also think more women could could take from men this ideology, like mm-hmm. that David Goggins, Joe Rogan type mm-hmm. ideology that like life is fucking hard. Yeah. And like how we deal with it is how how we live. And like I'm always, it's always me against my inner bitch, you know, like that mm-hmm. inner, like whatever you want to call it, weak, whatever's mm-hmm. in there. And I that like extreme loneliness I felt in drinking was caused by that weak person inside of me and like there is nothing like doing something that's hard and conquering it and being a badass for it there's nothing like working your ass off and seeing it pay off oh yeah and like sobriety there's nothing like climbing that mountain and knowing that it's the hardest thing you'll ever do absolutely being like yeah I might feel lonely right now but it's a long-term goal and accomplishing it it's the same as like like when I booked my first movie, like it was just like, I fucking have worked so hard for this. Yes. It's just like the, it's the best drug feeling in the world, doing something and conquering it and feeling it. And it like, I promise you just take a leap of blind faith because it is (laughs) the best feeling in the world. If you can do it, the other side is so amazing. It's just so amazing. And it's just like, look at people who inspire you. Yeah. And a lot of them are sober or doing the best that they can to be the best versions of themselves, showing up for themselves and other people. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yes. So just, Try to be okay with your loneliness while it's happening. It's only temporary, but it won't be temporary if you keep using yeah. and keep just use, doing old patterns and the same cycles. Mm-hmm. You will feel alone. But if you want to get sober, if it's something you've been thinking about, or if you are in your early sobriety, just know that it, it is only temporary. I just am not lonely anymore. I was lonely no. so much of my life. And like, even though I had all the people, the great friends and family yeah. and like felt so lonely and I just don't anymore. It was a lot of work, but so worth it. So worth it. We have each other. And we have each other. We have each other. <laughs> so, so keep going. Keep bitch. going. You got Dominate this. Dominate that inner weak yes. ass little bitch. It's saying, what if I'm lonely? Fuck that. You won't be. Do it. You, you can do lonely. it. You won't be lonely very soon and you can make it there. No. Just don't right? start drinking again. Just don't drink. Don't do it. We love you. We love Thanks you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode helped you. Yeah, we really hope so. Mm-hmm. We hope you don't feel lonely with us in your ear. No, we're your How friend. could you be lonely you with lonely? us in your ear? We're fr- We're just... Fr- we'll watch Chimp Empire with you. Yeah. Oh. Like, what, do you, what else do you want? Gus is lonely. <laughs> 
Gus is lonely. But he broke in to the he tribe. He bided his fucking time. He, like, he, it, he is a success story. Yeah. Well, but I, he's still at the bottom. It sucks It doesn't for matter. Gus. He's part of the dynasty. Who do you think dynasty. Gus's mom and dad were? You know who's were? lonely? Porky Pie. Pork Pie? Pork Pie. Pork Pie's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I love knowing, <laughs> asking people if Pork Pie deserved it or not. Ugh. I think he did. But it says a lot about how you feel about loyalty to the group. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I Pork Pie deserved to die. You kind of felt that way too. I don't think he deserved to die. I was just like, what do you, you obviously, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, what you, did you think was going to happen? You ran from the group and ran, you got yeah. killed. You strayed because you didn't want to like man up. Yeah, that's what, that's how I feel. Yeah. I'm just like, you didn't man up and you died. Yeah. Well, Pork Pie, yeah. Porky Pie. Left for the dust. Left for the, <laughs> for the dust. <laughs> okay bye guys have a great week see you next time bye thanks for tuning in thanks for tuning in thanks for tuning in if you want to know what we were drinking today it's zevia so i'm so excited about zevia one of my girlfriends natalie i was at her house at a pre-drink and she is such a gracious host she said sky would you like a zevia and i said what's a zevia and that's how i discovered zevias i think that's are they made with stevia it says no sugar, no artificial sweeteners, caffeine free. I wonder if it's stevia, you know, like the the all natural, all natural sweetener. Yes, it is. Okay, makes sense. And the thing is, you guys, is this isn't an ad, but there <laughs> is like there's no aspartame taste, and mm-hmm. it tastes like the actual like soda pop like mm-hmm. that you had as a kid. Mm-hmm. I had the grape one at her house. The grape one is hard to find. You can find it at Costco, but I saw these cream soda ones at Safeway last night. Ooh, oh that's baby. a good sound you like to pass me your cup yeah. um and Ooh. it oh. is just so oh. cream soda yeah. oh, hear that and the grape is so grapey yeah it does taste like a lot like the cream soda it's so cream soda we've already tested these because they're that good yeah she had a sip of mine last night it was caffeine free it's just it's so good you guys and i we're not sponsored no. we don't know anything it does taste like cream soda like it what even so is cream, cream soda soda-y. but we like soda it. cream soda is like soda like juice soda and like ice cream taste you know i think it's orange and vanilla that's what i think cream soda is but there's like different cream sodas but it always reminds you of being a kid and it's like you orange. know like a root beer float no it's orange and vanilla the flavors but they have the great when you're ones, bartending like the... if you want to make like a cream soda yeah but that's not cream soda cream soda flavors orange vanilla really grape it, actually is it, was grape, it called grape cream nice. soda like how kid? much was this for the whole pack it was expensive because it's like it? fancy but it, is it fancy but it's like a yeah it's like a huge pack six for oh costco you can get them and they're like less than a dollar oh you want more yeah oh yeah I can blow through these babies they are so good so that's what we're drinking today um it's fun to have yeah. some pop i love i yeah, love pop it doesn't always have to be a mocktail or no i was drinking any a non-alcoholic. lot of diet ginger ale G- diet ginger ale is like the one i always like really pop, i don't drink pop like sure this i guess is this pop but like i don't drink pop but like i will drink ginger ale I i'll stay away from it so like, much sugar but like diet ginger ale di- ginger ale i love with some lime in it diet ginger ale <laughs> put that My in a family- cup at a party my like whole family obviously like stopped drinking as much when I quit drinking just uh-huh. to like support me. Nice. And the diet ginger ales that they consume, like my brother, my you sister. You might need to go to a diet ginger ale rehab Legit. at some point. My mom and her diet ginger ale. Okay, my mom, one of her students, she retired this past week and she's a junior high teacher in Edmonton. Give it up to Jan. Give it up to Jan. One of her Huge. students who's like 
would be his family would be extremely poor. Mm-hmm. He saved up his money to go to 7-Eleven uh-huh. and buy her diet ginger ale as Aww, her retirement gift. That's so sweet. She almost cried. That's so sweet. She's like, other kids, you know, their parents got me stuff. She's like, but this kid, like, he made me almost wow. cry. I teared Aww. up a little bit. I'm like, of course. That's so He's thoughtful. so thoughtful. Like, yeah. What a yeah. nice kid. Yeah. Right? Who knew ginger ale could make someone feel that way? <laughs> diet ginger ale. But this one, Zevia, try it. Shout out to Natalie for introducing this to me. It yeah. is life-changing. It is so good. Yeah. I can't wait for you guys to try it, so... Enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. See you later, alligator. <laughs>